0: Good evening, how are we doing tonight, awesome, awesome, I am, uh, I'm sure you guys are glad to uh, to be on spring break, right, oh no, I guess, uh, I guess not, that is the, uh, sorry, they went upstairs, the teens went upstairs, so, um, well, if you don't know me, again, uh, my name is Jacob Barlow. I lead our awesome campus ministry, who, uh, who is on spring break. And uh, actually, a majority of our students are up at UNT this week. And uh, they are serving, uh, using their spring break to uh, reach out on campus uh, up at UNT. Uh, and then we'll be excited as the UNT students come down to uh, UTA next week. But uh, I'm excited to, uh, to share with you a little bit tonight, uh, again, about community. And uh, it's what we've uh, been continuing to talk about. Uh, go ahead and turn over in your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. And the title of our lesson tonight is Healing and Community. And, uh, you know, I looked up healing. Healing is uh, the process of making... Or becoming sound. Um, So maybe we can uh, join together tonight uh, and hopefully become a little more sound as the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. When I think of healing and community, uh, no better story comes to mind than here in Mark chapter 2, verse 1. It says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. and then lowered the man uh, the mat the man was lying on when jesus saw their faith he said to the paralyzed man son your sins are forgiven now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves why does this fellow talk like that he's blaspheming who can forgive sins but god alone Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Amen? He said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. You know, every time I read this story, uh, I can't help but wonder... Who fixed the hole in the roof, am I right? You know, I, uh, I used to, uh, to work in the roofing industry, uh, and if there's one thing I know, uh, people get upset about holes in their roof, am I right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure where the owner of the house was in this story. I'm not sure. Uh, Maybe Jesus miraculously covered the hole back up. Um, But luckily, uh, that's not the important part of the story, right? The important part is that a man was paralyzed and he was healed. What I want to look at tonight uh, is what it took to get this man to Jesus, what it took to heal this man. And the first thing that was required to get him to Jesus was a heart of humility. You know, when I look at the paralyzed man, it's obvious that he had to be a man of great humility. He's in an extreme state of vulnerability. And, uh, you know, from the story, we're not sure whether he knew these uh, four men as friends or whether they were strangers to him. Either way, he was completely reliant and dependent on them. You know, I'm not sure where, but somewhere on the, uh, the road of Christianity, I think we've developed this idea that to be a good Christian, you should be able to stand firm on your own Spiritually. And uh, I'm not sure about you, but I know for me, uh, I feel like the longer I've been a Christian, uh, the more I felt that I, I shouldn't need others in my life to help me grow spiritually. Um, maybe you can relate. Um, maybe, uh, maybe you felt that way as well. However, uh, this verse in Romans chapter 12, I think Paul helps us to see how prideful that mindset really is. In Romans chapter 12, in verse 3, he says, for, the, uh, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed. To each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You know, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, right? Don't be fooled into thinking you can stand on your own as a disciple. You know, that type of mindset is totally from Satan. Uh, It is totally from Satan. And it's meant to isolate us uh, and really paralyze us spiritually. No part of the body, uh, the scripture says, can function on its own. Um, Every part needs each other. And a heart of humility and vulnerability is so crucial to bring healing in our lives. You know, when I think of uh, you know, a vulnerable or a, uh, a state of being completely reliant on someone, uh, I think of being in the hospital. And uh, many of you can probably relate, having spent time in the hospital in the past, uh, you feel as though your life is in the hands of those watching over you. Not long after uh, Janelle and I got married uh, a few years ago, we, uh, I had to take her to get a procedure done. She had to uh, get an endoscopy on her uh, esophagus. And I uh, take her early in the morning to the clinic and uh, they take her back to do the procedure. Uh, afterwards, they take her to a uh, recovery room, and I go in, I'm, I'm waiting with her, and uh, she comes in, uh, she's completely incoherent uh, from the anesthesia that they had given her, and uh, you know, she she just, she can't function uh, at all, and uh, of course, all I could think of was uh, maybe trying to record a video or, or something <laughs> of her... Um, but I did not. I, uh, I decided to be a good husband. But, uh, but I'm there keeping an eye on her, uh, helping her uh, get dressed, and, uh, you know, we're waiting there for the doctor to uh, to come back and to clear her to leave. And uh, we're waiting a few minutes, and she uh, becomes uh, starts to come to her senses a little bit more. And uh, all of a sudden, she gets this Really worried look on her face. And she turns to me and she says, "Uh, Jacob, who helped me get dressed? (laughs) And uh, she completely uh, didn't even have a clue what was going on. And uh, I told her, okay, don't worry. Uh, I helped you get dressed. Uh, You're okay. Um, But, uh, you know, I look at that as a perfect example. Uh, of what it means to be completely reliant on others. You know, again, thinking about the story of this paralyzed man, I began to ask myself, what does it mean to be paralyzed spiritually? What does that really look like, being paralyzed spiritually? You know, paralysis literally means an inability to move. So I have to ask, are you moving spiritually? Are you moving spiritually? You know, if you're not growing, if you're not moving forward in your walk with God, you are spiritually paralyzed. You know, you may say, well, hey, at least I'm not moving backwards, right? Um, But the problem is you're not moving at all. You know, you need someone to dress you spiritually. And that means you've got to allow someone to see you naked spiritually. You know, have you been completely open about the sin in your life? You know, what's the one thing that it is so hard for you to be open about? Are you seeking advice in every aspect of your life? Or are you trying to stand alone spiritually? You remember one time uh, someone told me, if you want discipling in your life, you have to go after it. If you want discipling in your life, you've got to ask for it. You've got to go after it. I really appreciate uh, Nikki Warnke. If you guys don't know Nikki, uh, she's an awesome sister in our campus ministry. And uh, you know, Nikki is persistent uh, in asking uh, Janelle uh, to get time together uh, with me and Janelle and her and Zach. And uh, I've got to tell you, that is such a breath of fresh air uh, to have someone who is eager to get input in their lives. You know, are you eager for discipling, uh, or are you making people hunt you down? <clears throat> you know, Janelle and I were in a Bible talk in the uh, in the North Region when we first got married, and uh, for our discipling group, uh, the men decided that each time we got together, a different guy would be on the hot seat, and uh, each time we got together. Uh, It was someone else's turn, and everyone else in the group would tell them one thing uh, they needed to work on. And uh, let me tell you, if I didn't have a heart of humility before, I certainly do now. Um, You know, everything was laid out on the table. Uh, We talked about, A, issues with being late. Uh, We talked about weight issues with uh, guys in the group. there were, uh, there were nothing uh, held back. Um, do you have those types of relationships in your life? Are you desperate for people to be involved in your life? I can certainly tell you the paralyzed man in this story was desperate. You know, oftentimes we don't ask for advice because we don't see how paralyzed we really are. You know one scripture uh, in First Timothy chapter one that uh, my dad uh, often shares with me, um, that uh, continually sticks with me. When I feel tempted to be self-righteous, I uh, feel like uh, I can uh, stand on my own. And it's First Timothy chapter one, verse 15. it says, "Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance." Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. You know, when you're humble enough to accept this statement, that you are the worst of sinners, uh, only then will, will true healing begin in your life. You know, a heart of humility is not the only thing that was needed for this man, though. The second thing that was required for the paralyzed man to be healed was a burden-bearing brother. And uh, I look at the men in this story, uh, and it's unbelievable to see. These four guys stopped at nothing uh, to help this paralyzed man get to Jesus. And uh, I know I certainly feel, uh, feel blessed to have uh, the friendships, the men in my life uh, that have helped me, but I'm not sure how many of them I would trust to lower me through a roof. Uh, maybe you have friendships like that, uh, I'm not sure. These, uh, these guys were sacrificial, they were persistent, they were determined, and they were urgent to get this man to Jesus. I was thinking about it today, and I can't help but notice uh, why they didn't just wait for the crowd to leave. Um, It amazes me. It's like, certainly Jesus would end at some time. But these guys were so urgent to get this man to Jesus, they stopped at nothing. Do you have those friendships in your life? And are you being that friend to others? Let's turn to Galatians chapter 6. In in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, no matter who you are, uh, you have a friend that needs Jesus. Right? No matter who you are, you have a friend that needs Jesus. And if you want your friends to remain faithful... Uh, if you want to build God's kingdom, and if you want to see your friends and family come to Christ, you've got to be willing to carry their burdens. How many of you guys are uh, native-born Texans? Amen. Amen. You know, for the rest of you guys, I'll let you in on a, on a secret. Um, You know, there's something uh, about being a a young man, raised in Texas, that makes you want to own a pickup truck, (laughs) and uh, you can ask my wife, I love my truck. Uh, No matter what gas prices are, uh, I'm driving my truck. And, uh, you know, Janelle's car, uh, it sits low to the ground. Um, for a tall guy like me, it's hard to get in and out of. Um, when we're on the road uh, next to an 18-wheeler, I am, like, scared for my life. But in my truck, hey, I'm the king of the road, right? The, uh, the only difficult part of having a truck is everybody asks you to help them move. That's that's just the way it goes. You know, when it comes time to move, you got friends coming out of nowhere. You know, distant relatives, friends from elementary school. It's like, all of a sudden, you're the best friend with a truck, so... You know, when I was at uh, school at UNT, I uh, I met a guy named Dylan, and uh, he came out to church a few times, uh, but after about a semester, I I lost contact with him. And uh, about a year later, I get a phone call, and uh, and I'm excited. I'm like, all right. I'm thinking, hey, Dylan wants to come back out to church again, Uh, and I answer the phone, and uh, I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? And Dylan says, hey, uh, it's good to hear from you or, or good to talk with you. Uh, hey, I was wondering if you have any tools. I was like, well, yeah, I've got some tools. And uh, what exactly do you need? Uh, and he says, well, my, my motorcycle's broken down uh, and I wanted to see if you can help me fix it. And I tell him, Dylan, man, I am, uh, I am not an automotive expert. Uh, I, uh, I wish I could help you, man. Um, so I apologize but uh, but hey have a good day. Uh we'll talk to you later. And uh he's like, "Whoa, wait, wait one second. Hey, do you still have that truck?" And uh so uh, so I go and meet him and uh, help him load uh, load his motorcycle in the back of my truck uh, and I imagine most of you guys have never tried to lift a motorcycle so I tell you uh, they are a lot heavier than they look uh, it is uh, it was brutal but um, you know I had every reason to say no to that guy and uh, and never talk to him again um, but you know what I chose uh, I chose to carry that burden. You know, you have to ask yourself, do you have people in your life with a spiritual pickup truck? More importantly, are you being a spiritual truck for others? You know, in order to help one another get to Christ, we've got to be willing to bear each other's burdens. You know, if you look around this room, there are a lot of different burdens that we have. You know, anything from impurity to grieving, from financial burdens to self-righteousness. <clears throat> you know, we talk about this idea of, uh, of carrying each other's burdens, but what does that really mean? What does that really look like? And what is required in carrying someone's burdens. Well, I think there are several things from these four men in the story that show us what it really means to carry each other's burdens. The first one is being available. You know, we don't know much background, again, uh, about what these guys had going on. Uh, but it's obvious that they made themselves available. They were willing to drop what they were doing and take this man to Jesus. They are willing to put themselves aside uh, to be able to help this man. Again, when, uh, when I was at school uh, at UNT, the very first uh, conversion we had on campus uh, was a guy named Wes Lowry. And we met him on a, on a Tuesday morning and studied the Bible with him all day. Uh, and he was baptized at 3 a.m. that morning, that next morning. And uh, don't tell my parents, but uh, I may have skipped a class or two that day uh, to study the Bible with Wes. But, um, but the point is, is hey, you've got to make yourself available. You know, are you willing to put your priorities aside to carry your brother's burden? You know, the second thing I see from these four men is they were persistent. You know, in their efforts to get to Jesus, they were obviously very persistent. You know, certainly they hit trials, but they didn't let the obstacles slow them down. You know, I think, uh, obviously, sin is habitual by nature. Are you willing to continue to hold others accountable even though they continue to commit the same sins? That's what I call persistence. You know, I know one man I'm grateful for in my life is, uh, is my twin brother, Jason. Jason. And uh, I know no matter what, he won't be afraid to continually ask me how I'm doing in my purity. You know, whether uh, he's here or uh, up in Kansas City, uh, he's always persistent in holding me accountable. Do you have persistent brothers in your life? You know, the third thing I see is that uh, these men were united. I've read this story so many times, but uh, it wasn't until it hit me today uh, that really, you know what, all four guys were needed to get this man to Jesus. No one of them could do it alone. It took a group effort. And uh, really, when you think about it, there are no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. We've got to be united Proverbs fifteen twenty two says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget uh, when I was asking for advice uh, in dating Janelle, and uh, I talked to at least five different men in my life, uh, five that came to mind. I'm sure I talked to more than that, but uh, there was only one of them that told me not to date Janelle. And uh, I can't imagine where I would be today if I only talked to that one guy. You know, you've got to be united. You've got to surround yourselves with many advisors. I didn't hear that, but okay. You know, the fourth thing That I see from these men is that they were focused. The purpose of these men was ultimately to get this man to Jesus. And they had a goal in mind for the paralytic. The focus was to bring healing in his life. You know, if you're going to commit to carrying your brother's burden, you have to have a goal of healing. In their life. The focus has got to be on Jesus. Which means we've got to allow God's word to do the work. Amen. We've got to allow God's word to speak and not our own. You know, being on uh, staff together uh, with Josh Hose, uh, it's been a tremendous blessing for me. Um, you know, Josh is a man that is deeply rooted In God's Word. And uh, anytime I spend time together with him, or uh, if he's on campus jumping in a study with one of the guys, uh, anything he shares, he always brings back his conviction in the Bible. Available, persistent, united, and focused. Does this describe the people in your life? If not, who do you need to go to in order to have these types of relationships? And perhaps more importantly, does this character describe you? Are you a burden-bearing brother or sister? Ultimately, uh, it took the faith of all five men to bring healing to the one. You know, having a heart of humility and being a burden-bearing brother are both crucial in the life of a Christian. You can't just have one or the other. So I call you to ask yourself, which one am I lacking? You know, I think in the, uh, the family of God, uh, we can tend to maybe be one or the other. We can tend to be more reliant, or we can tend to, to try and bury the burden ourselves. You know, my challenge to you is to switch. Hey, if you're one that's more dependent on others to carry you spiritually, hey, you know what? Pick up some burdens pick up some burdens. This scripture doesn't just say, hey, those who are leaders or those who are stronger in the faith. My challenge to you is, no matter where you're at, you can pick up some burdens for your brothers and sisters. On the other hand, if you feel like you're... Overburdened with burdens. (laughs) You know what? You've got to be more reliant on others. You know, I know this one definitely speaks to me. My wife's got to tell me hey, you've got to say no sometimes. You've got to be willing to say no if you've got too much on your plate. Hey, you know what? That takes humility to be able to say no. I need help, right? Brothers and sisters, I hope this has been encouraging to you. You know, let's focus on healing one another. Because as a community, we've got some hurts. We've obviously got some burdens. But you know what? I believe if we have hearts of humility, and if we're willing to bear each other's burdens, we will bring healing to one another. Amen? Amen.